Sue said, it is the Stephen's day, so we should expect to be reminded of his martyrdom. Um, now, I'm not going to speak for very long, because I'm sure, like me, a lot of us have spent quite a lot of time in this place over the last few days. Um, there's so many things that we could pick up on in these two passages, and maybe some of them you can consider over the, uh, the coming week. Some ideas of things you may look at. The challenge that the early Christians faced in persecution. They truly took up their cross on a daily basis as they followed Christ. So maybe we could think about the challenges we face because of our faith. How do we react to them? Or are we tempted to keep quiet about our faith, hoping no one will ask? In the Matthew reading, we could reflect on how it would feel to be turned on by family members because we follow Christ. And what about our experience of the Holy Spirit? Do we expect the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives? Not necessarily speaking in different languages as at Pentecost, or in facing being stoned like Stephen, I hope but in our everyday challenges and in helping us to share the gospel? And how do we navigate the discomfort of reading a passage like the one from Matthew or this account of Stephen being stoned to death? How do we navigate the presence of evil and suffering in the world? Maybe even the feeling of God's absence. There really is so much to consider from these words. But as I reflected on these passages, ones I've read, and I'm sure you have too, many times, I just was drawn to the figure of Saul. In this painting by Rembrandt, Saul is depicted sitting in the distance with the coat straped over his knee. So he was, we could say, a bystander to the stoning of Stephen. He didn't throw any stones. He didn't react or join in the shouting, as far as we are aware. But he held the coats. Does that make him innocent of involvement in Stephen's death? I think not. He enabled it to happen. He may not have thrown a stone, but he didn't stop them. Why would he? His whole goal at the time was to persecute the followers of the way, these Christians. As he stood and watched events unfold before him, as he saw how Stephen faced death and heard his words, his vision of Christ in heaven, the one they had killed, and his final words of prayer, who could not have been affected in some way by that? Who could not have played over in their mind again and again those words, Lord, do not hold this sin against them? Within just two chapters in Acts, we read of Saul's miraculous conversion on the road to Damascus. I wonder what seeds have been sown by Stephen 
in the words he spoke as he faced death, in the way he prayed for his persecutors. Stephen would, I suggest, have never in a million years imagined what transpired. Two things struck me. Stephen's prayer, Lord, do not hold this sin against them, echoing the words of Jesus on the cross in Luke 23, verse 34. Words of forgiveness. What a witness to those present. We have no idea how God is working in someone's life. We have no idea how God will use our words and actions. Things we do and say that may feel insignificant to us how God can use them for amazing things that we may never even realise. As I was rereading what I'd written yesterday for today, it felt like ages ago that I wrote it so it could be sent out, something struck me. Um, maybe like me, you get a little frustrated at the commercialisation of Christmas. And one thing that I've really struggled with over the years is Christmas jumpers. Bear with me on this. <laughs> so I've never actually bought one. I couldn't quite work out why buying an item of clothing that you would only wear for a few days. I couldn't justify it. But this year, something transpired that you may have seen in the press, but you may have missed completely. But I did buy a Christmas jumper. You might have noticed I've been wearing it for the last few weeks. It's just a plain black jumper with the word believe on the front. It's from Marks and Spencers. I don't think Marks and Spencers had any idea when they designed that jumper what was going to happen. But the female clergy of this country started buying them. And I'm on a Facebook page that is a female clergy. And um, they were all buying them and posting selfies with their pictures on it onto this Facebook page. And one of the vicars put together a collage of these pictures. And um, by the mid middle of December, there were 400 selfies of clergy in their dog collars wearing these jumpers. And some of us ordinands as well wearing them. So this collage was sent to the Church Times but it got into the wider press as well. So it was in the Times, all the newspapers, and I think it even got on the news, how this jumper that Marks and Spencer had produced, and they were obviously meaning belief in Christmas, believe in Santa, but we saw it as something different. Believe in this baby that was born on Christmas Day. So they had no idea the seeds they were sowing when they designed that jumper. And I was frustrated that I only thought about it yesterday or I'd have sent a picture through to Ken to put onto the PowerPoint. <laughs> Maybe I can share that with you through our Facebook page. But just as Stephen would never have imagined Saul, or Paul as he later was called, becoming the man he did. So maybe Martin Spencer's never believed what was going to happen. Now this shows us the power of prayer. Stephen I'm talking about now, not Martin Spencer's. <laughs> in Philippians we are told to bring all things to God in prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your request to God. <coughs> when we are joyful, when we are struggling, when we are angry, pray. And secondly, from these passages, the thing that struck me was never stop telling God's story, the good news of Jesus. Even if you feel you're getting nowhere, if it feels like a waste of time, that the words are not being heard, keep going, because you never know what seed you are sowing, how God may be working in the life of the person you are talking to, what fruit may be germinating, what flowers may eventually bloom. So for me, this horrifying account of Stephen's death is actually a story of such hope. Now that might sound so wrong for the recording of someone being stoned to death, but I feel such hope in the fact that God is in all things, even the truly horrendous, and using them for good. So all those times when I think, well, what was the point of that? What difference am I actually making? Well, just look at this passage and that man holding the coats. Who could have imagined that within the year he would be telling everyone about Jesus, risking his life, starting and supporting so many new churches and new Christians. As Matthew told us, the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Let us hold on to that hope. Amen.